Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I have got a friend and a colleague, Coach James F. Kiernan, with me. Uh, Coach Kiernan is the offensive coordinator at Lake Forest College. He helped lead us to a 7-3 and record this past season and helped starter Billy Degnan to become the most efficient passer in, col- in, the, in the Lake Forest single-season history. Uh, before Lake Forest, he was the offensive coordinator at Concordia University of Chicago and helped the 2018 Tigers average 32 points per game. In addition to that, he has served as an assistant coach at Kentucky Wesleyan, Alabama A&M, Mercyhurst, Lakeland, and Saginaw Valley State. He has also served as head coach for the Gannon University Golden Knights, helping them to the first back-to-back winning seasons uh, in 15 years and um, helping 25 players earn all-conference and six All-Americans. Coach Kiernan, you have a very long bio. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to be on with you today, Tony. Well, you know, this is this is kind of different. We usually talk every day and have Zoom meetings every day. So this is this is kind of a change of the pace for uh, for the both of us. It certainly is. I'm, in fact, I'm missing, though, our, our more importantly, our morning uh, watching film together. That's true. Yes, we, we were we were getting in quite a groove of watching film. You know, we still can technically we can uh, we can do it through Zoom. So it's still it still can happen. That's true. Zoom yeah. is a great piece of technology that uh, football coaches across the country are learning how to use. That's for that's for dang sure. Um, so. First question that I've asked everybody, and, and it's kind of a softball, and I know uh, it's going to get the answer that I want. Um, you've been around a lot. You've coached a lot of great places. You've coached a lot of great players and a lot of great teams. How important was the offensive line to the success of those those really, really great teams? Uh, the offensive line, I think, is critical, You know, particularly when you talk about offense, because you, you can draw up all your schemes and, and put in all these – plays to you know get the athletes in space and let them make plays as, as everyone will tell you but at the end of the day you know you're only going to be as good as your O-line they're they're an integral part of your run game they're an integral part of your pass game and, and I think you know the the critical thing is you find good teams have a, a tight-knit offensive line mm-hmm. and a group of guys that you know is really the heart and soul you know kind of the lunch pail guys they put on their their hard hats every day and they go give you a great day's worth of work. And uh, when you have that type of group of guys, it, it 
it spreads and uh, you, mm -hmm. you wouldn't think it because they, they keep to themselves kind of, and, and uh, they're not loud and boisterous all the time, but you, you start to notice that your team, you know, takes from that group, the, the, the group dynamics that those kids develop and uh, any team that, you know, has success as a, as a unit and then has a success as a team, you generally can look back and see that you had an old line that, you know, really exemplified what you were trying to create in terms of team culture. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, me being a former offensive lineman, I know that's that that sort of bonding that you just talked about. That's, that's super important. And, and it, it definitely does. Uh, it does spread to the rest of the team. So, um, yep, you know, one of the things that, well, one of the things that, that I've, I know, obviously I've, I've worked with you now for a year and, and, and uh, I know about you, but one of the things that I've always been curious about is, is you were, you were a football player at St. Lawrence. You were a defensive back. How did you end up on the offset offensive side of the ball as, as a, you know, as a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator for all these years? How did you end up there after being a defensive back in college? Well, it, it was really just kind of circumstance. So I, I started off down at Kentucky Wesleyan working for uh, Randy Ari, a guy who I had played for in college. And initially I was over on defense uh, coaching linebackers. And uh, after our second year, we, we hadn't had a lot of success, and Randy had been on offense. And so he decided that his strength was defense. And uh, he had been a very good defensive coordinator for a lot of years, and when he became a head coach, for whatever the reasons, he felt he needed to go over to offense. And so he decided to make a dramatic change and shake things up. And so uh, with him moving over to defense, he needed to put somebody over on to the offensive side of the ball. And uh, so I got my first introduction to offensive coaching as being named the offensive line coach <laughs> and really didn't know much, but that was okay because Randy had played for a guy that, uh, you know, has quite a history in college, in college football and amongst old line guys. And he was going to bring him down and uh, teach me old line play and, and spend a spring with us. And so uh, that gentleman's name is Buck Nystrom. So okay. uh, Buck is, been around for years as we, as we all hold up our fingers in the fourth quarter for the fourth quarter program bucket you know helped initiate that uh back in his days at oklahoma and then uh, has taken it around uh, everywhere he's been and so buck came down and spent about two and a half weeks with us and uh i don't think i said very much but i learned <laughs> probably more football in two and a half weeks than i have in 30 years of coaching just, uh, you know, being with Buck. And uh, the, the whole thing was Buck was going to come back down and, and kind of head the offense up for a year and get us going. And then uh, Buck's wife had gotten sick and, uh, you know, kind of late, late in the game. And uh, so that summer Randy came in and said, well, uh, I'm going to hand you the keys to the offense and, and go get it. And uh, we had started down the path of being a four-wide run-and-shoot team, even though Buck was going to be the – the OC, that's what Randy wanted to do because of our, our the athletes we had. And uh, mm -hmm. we happened to have a guy, uh, Brent Holsglow, who was just retired from being a longtime head coach at Kentucky Wesleyan, his alma mater. And uh, he went out and threw for a lot of yards. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody thought I kind of knew what I was talking about. <laughs> so uh, it, it really – it really was by circumstance. It wasn't uh, anything where I had showed any any type of promise with uh, calling plays or anything like that. And uh, 
luckily I, I had a quarterback and some pretty good wide receivers that could go out and, and do it. And, uh, and, and in fact, our old line, uh, two of those guys uh, have been now inducted into the hall of fame down there. So, uh, oh, wow. you know, you go back to your first thing about old line, <laughs> two of those guys, uh, one was a, an all American actually played both ways, uh, back oh, in wow. 1993 played O line and D line. Um, and so, you know, we, we ended up doing pretty well and had the first winning season in the history of the, of the school. And, uh, so, and then from there kind of been able to, you know, keep it going, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that's kind of, you talk about being thrown to the wolves a little bit. That's, uh, you know, I'm sure you were kind of, you know, learning as you went, obviously, and kind of flying by the seat of your pants, but it's, I think any coach that kind of is put in that situation, you really find out what they're, what they're worth. And, and, uh, you know, obviously you've been doing it for a long time now, so you, you, you've done some things right. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, it was the players that made it look like I did a lot of good things. So, yep, uh, yep. so and, and that, that hasn't changed in 30 years. Yep. So one of the other, again, one of the other cool things I, I think for you and, 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 um, you know, a lot of people might not know this about you. One of your, one of your first quarterbacks at Saginaw Valley State is um, kind of an important guy right now. So, so if you want to, you want to tell that story. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about Matt. Yep. So Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it was after our first season at uh, Saginaw Valley State. Uh, Matt's father, Denny, had played for or played against Randy. Uh, his father had been at Central Michigan and Randy was at Northern Michigan. And uh, we got the job. Of, so it would have been a, the year before. Um, and uh, Matt, uh, Matt had gone over to Western Michigan as a preferred walk-on and uh, didn't look like he was going to get an opportunity at quarterback. And so uh, his dad reached out to Randy. Uh, you know, they had some mutual acquaintances. And uh, then the next thing you know, we get a phone call from Matt. And uh, I'm actually sitting in an airport. This was in December, so I must have been going somewhere recruiting. And uh, – I end up talking to Matt on the phone and we, we talked for about 30 minutes and uh, things look good. And, you know, Matt ends up coming to us and uh, you know, he uh, you know, comes in that summer and starts working out. And uh, the next thing you know, we, uh, we start winning a lot of football games <laughs> really quickly. And uh, a lot of that had to do with, with Matt, you know, and the type of player he was, he was a very hard worker, um, you know, was a football junkie. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of, I think, ran in the family. His dad was a longtime head coach or longtime coach at uh, Central Michigan as well. And so Matt right. was really into the game that way. And, uh, you know, he had a, a, a very unique quality that uh, I, I think you find in a, in a lot of very good football players and, and is not shocking to, to that he's used that quality to, to go on and have success in the coaching career. But he is one of the most competitive guys you will ever meet. And uh, he has a way about him that when the lights get brighter and the game gets bigger, he rises to the occasion. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at Matt, I mean, he's, he was, we'll, we'll give him 5'10", you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, height wise. And, uh, you know, at quarterback, that's not your traditional size and, and those type of things. And, uh, you know, he had a good arm, but, you know, certainly not a, a, an overly powerful arm. Um, yet that guy went out week in and week out and 
found a way to win football games. And, uh, you know, at one point they were calling us the cardiac cards because we kept coming from behind to win games. And, and probably the, the best story I can tell about, you know, Matt in terms of him being a great competitor and rising to the occasion is we, uh, we were in the NCAA playoffs. I think it was his second year. I think we made it. Maybe it was his first year. But, um, and we're playing uh, IUP, Indiana, Pennsylvania. We had a very good football team. And uh, we had gotten down big. I think it was like 28-7 at half or 35-7 at half. And we came back out in the second half and just, you know, started chipping away at things, chipping away at things. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, the, it's the fourth quarter, and they drive down the field, and our defense stops them. on the. We get an interception on the one-yard line. And, uh, and so now there's like a – little under two minutes to go in the game and Matt takes us 99 yards for the touchdown and so now we go up and uh you know boy boy you know excitement and everything coming back but but here's the kicker of the story is that you know the 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 the, the chart said go for two and so we went for two and we were running the jet sweep mm -hmm. now this is back in what 2001 2002 I can't remember and somehow or another, it got bobbled, and the ball got picked up by their nose guard. And I kid you not, the guy was in open space, and who, sure enough, ran him down and uh, tackled him, and they actually stripped the ball. Was yeah. Matt? <laughs> wow! And because uh, otherwise, that could have turned out to be a, you know, a disaster. And, right. Uh, but in the end, uh, it turned out well. So I mean, you know, he was part of. And I don't know if it still is, but at the time was the biggest comeback in an NCAA playoff uh, football game. So, wow, um, just a, a tremendous individual that way, competitor, and, and what a great guy. And you know, our, our relationship went from, you know, uh, coach player to coach mentor to friend to now it's reversed that you know he's the teacher and I'm the mentor right. when I go up there and visit with him, so right and that and that was kind of my second part of that question was kind of how has that because obviously you know I know you know being you know being right next to you in the office uh, you know you 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 talk to him all the time how has that relationship grown over the years where now you can you know you can just kind of pull out your phone and 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 text an NFL head coach and you're going to get a response within you know, a couple of minutes, how, how is that, how, you know, how cool is that? And kind of how has that grown over the years? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it, it, it's, it's changed in terms of our relationship because our relationship was always pretty tight. He stayed around, you know, after he got done playing for us and, uh, and we, we actually competed against each other, which I have to say, I got the better end when we were at Saginaw. And then when I went over and took over at Gannon and he was over at Ashland, he, he certainly got the better end of me that day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but we've always stayed in touch and uh, we've always, you know, because of that player coach relationship, always had a, a pretty strong relationship that way. And so, you know, that part has never changed. You know, I think the biggest part that's changed is, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, he is, you know, he has access to a lot of things that, you know, at the small college level, you know, we don't always have access to. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to utilize that. And I, and I think that, you know, the, the, the fact of, you know, just because he played for me doesn't mean I can't learn an awful lot from him. And, right. uh, and he's gracious enough to, to give me access, you know, into those things so that I can continue learning. So, you know, I, I guess maybe that shows that, you know, 
that I've learned something over 30 years that you can, you can learn from anybody. And, right. uh, and so, but it, it is really a, a cool thing to be able to see one of your former players go on and hit the pinnacle of, you know, their professional career. And, uh, and, you know, certainly a lot of other guys have been able to do that. They just don't have it at the, you know, their career just doesn't happen to be NFL. And, right. uh, so, you know, that obviously adds to it, you know, from an outside perspective, but, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, that relationship and everything, it, it's always been, you know, pretty much the same relationship. It's just that, you know, he's, he's managed to ascend himself into a position and, uh, I'm not afraid to utilize his position to help me continue to grow as a coach as well. Right. Awesome. Awesome. You know, kind of, you touched on a little bit just with, with the, the amount of years coach with, you know, over 30 years now, what, what do you think as a, you know, what do you, what do you value most as a football coach after those, you know, being, being in the game for so long, what do you, what, what, what have you valued most after those 30 years? Uh, you know, it, it's the relationships and, and hands down. I mean, you know, from the fact that, you know, like, for example, with Randy Ari, who I played for, I, I've worked been as offensive coordinator at four different schools, and he just recently retired and, and uh, finishing out doing some high school head coaching, um, you know, to a guy who we, we, we had a very uh, interesting coach player relationship. I guess I wasn't always the easiest guy to coach. <laughs> and, uh, to turning into being lifelong friends and, uh, you know, going through some, some, some tough family things together, um, to being, you know, the, the godfather of, I think it's four now, former players having been in weddings and, and stood on the altar with, with a couple of those guys as well. And, and just, you know, being able to, you know, get the phone call every once in a while or the text or the direct message of things are going great for them or they're following the team I'm coaching. And, uh, you know, I think that's what keeps you going Yeah, is the fact that, you know, you can look back and go somewhere in there. I had an impact and, you know, and, and I think, I think that's all of us is that if we can, if we can look back and see that, you know, we've been able to make an impact in somebody's life, then we were accomplishing what we set out to do. And, and I think, you know, for me, it stems from, you know, all the way back to high school. I was fortunate enough to play at a, at a, at a very good program in high school and play under a guy, Vince O'Connor, who had been the head coach at St. Francis Prep over 50 years. Um, absolutely wow. incredible run um, to be a head coach for that many years and, and the number of people he coached and the amount of success he had there in the program and, and just seeing the impact that he made on all of our lives you know, one of the big reasons I got into coaching and, mm -hmm. and now to be able to look back on it after 30 years and go, you still have the relationships back to, I still talk to Brent Holsclaw as much as I talk to Matt LaFleur. Right. And uh, Brent was the first quarterback. So, you know, um, you know, I, I think that's the thing is I look back on 30 years and say, has it been worth all the hours and the phone calls and everything? It, it has been, and it's given me more than I've given it probably. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I mean, that's any any coach that doesn't coach for those relationships is you got to wonder kind of what what their what their end game is. And, and um, you know, that's that's the that's been the biggest thing for me, too. So that's that's awesome. That's kind of that's that was that was the answer I was looking for. So you hit the nail on the head there, coach. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So last question I've got, and this is a question I ask everybody, and, and this can be from from anybody this can be from guys you've you've coached guys you've played with guys you've coached against or 
I got a, a, an idea, guys, you've coached with. Um, if you could pick an offensive line Mount Rushmore, who would be on it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I'm going to leave off names, and this is not going to be That's fine. That's fine. It's a 30 years of coaching guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I got to put Todd Harriman's at, at left tackle. Um, okay. You know, Todd played for us at Saginaw Valley State and went on to get drafted in the NFL. I think he played 12, 12 years with Philadelphia Eagles. So I got, I got to anchor the line with, with a great left tackle so our quarterback knows his backside's protected. Yeah. Um, uh, got to go. Got to go back to two of the Kentucky Wesleyan guys from the '90s. So I, okay. I, I think uh, I think Ben Nelson, who was the kid that played both ways, I think I'd have to put him at the right tackle spot. Um, and then his teammate Paul Bates, I'd have to put him at one of the guard spots. Okay. Um, both those guys should have never been at the Division II level and, and were really good players. Who moving into the guard and center spot? Let's see. Uh, Oh boy, let's think here. I, I I think the guard spot I'd have to put Todd's teammate uh, Stefano Santos, Big Boo. That had he not blown out his knee his senior year, he probably would have joined Todd at that level. Right. Um. So so Santos, and now the center spot. Boy, I have been lucky to have a lot of good centers, uh, guys that could could call the defenses out and mm-hmm. get you in, into things. Um. You know who I put there though. Without a doubt, I, I got to put him there because other than Todd, he's the best O-lineman I've ever coached, and he's gone on to be an O-line coach in college and had a ton of success. He's now a head high school coach over in Pittsburgh and is probably talent-wise at the top of the – without a doubt at the top of the level, and that's Mike Evans. Uh, he's okay. over in, in, in Pittsburgh. As the as a head high school coach down there, and uh, and we know what great footballs down there. And Mike was with the Steelers for a little bit, and and the only reason I put him at center, you know, he was actually a tackle because he was so athletic and big. But he's big bodied, and you know, going on to be a a, a, a college coach and and uh, and everything, you know, he could get all the you know he can get all the schemes set up and everything. I don't know if I'd have played him there when he was playing for me, but now if I could go back and put that group together, he'd be the center because he'd get them all right going in the right direction. So that, there would, you be, go. that would be, and he was, he played for me at Mercier. So that would be, that would be the Mount Rushmore of all linemen. And, okay. and, and, and hopefully, Tony, we can produce one at Lake Forest that can, you know, bounce one of those guys out of there. That would be nice. Well, there, there's one guy th- I know you missed and I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names. I'll wait till we're off the air. Um, and you'll smack your head once you once I tell you the name. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's definitely the goal is to get one of those guys. And I think we got a good group of guys that can that can do that uh, eventually. So, uh, coach, before we finish up, go ahead and uh, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you, you want to give these guys, and then uh, and then we'll get you out of here so you can make your burgers. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Coach Kiernan. FB and that FB is capitalized um, and always, always willing to, to talk ball with anybody. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to get to this place because a lot of people uh, helped me along the way. And so that's something I, I have never forgotten in, in my time coaching that, you know, we all get here because of the help we get from other people. So uh, anybody that I can help, uh, I always try to make time for that. And uh, certainly one of my favorite things to do is to, talk ball and watch ball so uh always willing to reach out that way 
Awesome, Coach. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'm sure I will talk to you here in a little bit. All right. Take care, Tony, and thanks for having me on, and stay safe out there. Thanks, Coach. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome 